Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. And welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener, your host, Ken Lane, here every week talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona. And we are, we're here. This is a Mother's Day weekend. This is the start. This is a demarcation line that that locals use that shifts from spring gardening to summer gardening. I think you can usually, the average last frost in the mountains of Arizona, at least in this five to six, 6,300 foot level, is going to be Mother's Day. Actually, specifically, it's May 8th. That's the last 100 years of data. Last frost is May 8th. Okay, May 6th over in Prescott Valley. Okay, Goom Creek, May 10th. Yeah, basically, it's Mother's Day. That's when you're looking at it. And this is when you can start to put in your tomatoes, your peppers, your zinnias, the heat-loving types of flowers. This is when you can find, finally at the garden center, you get those summer bloomers, roses, Rose of Sharon, crepe myrtles, uh, uh, there's all these different plants that do not, they just don't like the spring. They don't like cold nights. They love the summer. And so you can start putting those out. I would still, I've seen it frost in May further on, you know, past Mother's Day. That's the problem with averages. So 50 of those years, it frosted, you know, closer to Memorial Day. The other 50, it was the end of April. But the average is May 8th. Okay, that's good. So always have a sheet ready or... So ready to just cover or protect those plants if we get that one last freak storm. But you really can't wait any longer to plant. You need to put them in the ground now or you just won't have enough time to produce those peppers or watermelons or cucumbers or eggplants or artichokes, whatever your thing is for growing. Uh, your, your geraniums will just always look kind of small. You want them big and bold. and So you want to put them in now. And so just be ready to protect them if you need to. And that's just throw a sheet, anything, burlap, a quilt, anything that breathes. It doesn't look like anything's in the forecast, but just, just be ready. I just always have my, my, cover, my frost covers ready to, for my plants. And, and I don't usually have to use them, but if I do, I'm ready. But I think you need to put things in the ground or our growing season is, is not short. It's a long growing season. What gets us at high elevation? This is newer, a new idea for maybe you folks from the coastal or, or lower areas, let's say Midwest, where it warms up and it stays warm. Day and night doesn't have these big swings of temperature. But up here at this elevation, up here in God's country, we'll go 80 degrees at night, but it'll be, you know, 39. I mean, if 80 degrees are in the day, 39 at night. So these big, you know, 30, 40, 50 degree temperature swings, that makes the plants pretty much shut down. They're only growing during the day. At night, they're colder, so the metabolism just kind of slows down and they don't grow as fast. And so that you'll find that plants don't fill out as quickly as they would maybe in Alaska or Minnesota or Iowa. Here, it just it grows really fast during the day and slows down at night. It doesn't have to do with day parts. It's not how long the day is. 
it's it's because our days are longer than those areas. No, it's not actually. That could be a double whammy. But the night, mainly the nighttime temperatures seem to mess with things. So you get them in the ground now, so you got long enough. The other one I can mention too, so I'm putting my tomatoes in the ground, but I've got a few of them in. I'm, I'm finishing this thing off now. When you're doing tomatoes, this is this is a really big one for you folks from from long growing seasons, Midwest, you, you Iowa, Illinois folks. This is for you. Don't plant uh, anything that says beefsteak or big in it, big, big beef, these great big slicing tomatoes. You Southern folks, you know what I'm talking about. Those don't produce very well up here. We're notorious. I mean, this is famous for big plants loaded with, with baseball-sized tomatoes on the plant. And we're about to get our first frost in October, the end of October, and you've not picked one tomato yet. You're better off, and that's the reason. The reason is the nighttime temperatures drop, and so they slow down. They don't. They don't produce as fast, and so you're better off going with cherry-sized tomatoes. Cherries, the yellow pears, sweet one hundreds, all those smaller tomatoes. You know what I'm talking about. You pop them off the vine, and they just melt in your mouth. My actually, my mouth just watered thinking about it. It's, I love fresh tomatoes. Or the medium-sized tomatoes go with, with the celebrity, early girl, champion, San Diego. There's all there's a whole series. Black Crim. Uh, I would stay. Those heirlooms. They're great. They produce much much faster than a. And so you'll have uh, you'll have tomatoes coming off two months before our frost comes. So you've got you just get to enjoy them longer. So it's just just my name's Ken. We're friends. We're talking over the backyard fence, and we're just it just worked for me over the years, and I think it's going to really be a game changer for you as well. It'll help you. I would say too, um, it, you really need to get those peppers in. So they like a lot of sun and heat, and they need that warmth. They need to bulk up. Uh, that's why I don't recommend starting by seed most of your plants you're better off starting if you're going to start by seed start way early start in february uh, starting indoors or you come to the garden center and get starts so you've already got a bigger plant so you're already two months ahead of let's say starting by seed in the ground again that plays that does not play out well for you because the ground it just cools down at night and so plants start to come up and then they slow down then they start to come up again and they slow down it's just they take longer to ramp up and so I tend to start by bigger plants. I like a one-gallon size pepper, tomato, or tomatillo. Beautiful. There's two-foot-tall tomatillos here. I mean, those take forever. Those are summer-loving plants. They take forever to get going. Start with a little bit bigger plant, and you'll be happier with production out of your garden. Uh, another uh, kind of what I'm doing with my own tomato, I'm just thinking, what am I doing in my own gardens? And so I really like to look for, let's say, tomatoes. Tomatoes are one of those few plants you could put in the ground and you can bury the stem. And, and all if you look real closely, there's hairs or fibers coming off that, the, that vine of a tomato. If you bury that in the ground, those hairs will turn into actual roots. And so I'm looking for strategically, not a short, bushy plant, I'm looking for a tall, leggy plant where I can pinch off those lower uh, leaves. So I've got a 8, 10, 14-inch vine, and I'm trying to bury that plant as deep as I can. Only do this with tomatoes. 
Peppers, this will kill them. Uh, berries, it'll kill them. I mean, only tomatoes will, will appreciate this. But if you can get that, that vine deeper in the ground, not with the foliage on it, that just rots, but pick, pick those off, get it as deep as you can in the ground, and then you'll get a, a more robust, uh, a, a bigger root mass on this tomato, which will play out well for you when it gets hot. So, you know, July, August, it's pretty warm. It's 95 degrees and it's just hot. So if you got a bigger root, your plants, if you don't do that, it'll have a shallower root. And sometimes the indications are the skins can get thicker as this plant's trying to protect itself, the, the fruit. Uh, sometimes the, the skin can crack on you. This is an indication the roots weren't quite big enough. And so you water in the morning, the, the, the tomato plumps up, then it just shrinks during the day. And so between that plump, shrink, plump, shrink, you get this cracking, thinning, uh, uh, thicker um, skins. These are all indications of you just need more roots on that plant. One last, before I go to have Lisa come in with your Q&As, at the bottom of all my vegetables, I'm sprinkling just a touch of calcium nitrate. This is a, it's a, it's a fertilizer, but cal, we're, uh, some of these plants are notorious for blossom end rot, where that blossom touched the fruit, it turns black. That's, a, that's an obvious calcium deficiency. And so I know you're gonna have that. We have, we're, we're just notorious for lack of calcium. So I sprinkle just a touch of calcium nitrate. I sprinkle just a, just a half inch of soil above that. Then I put my plant right on it so the roots go directly through that calcium nitrate. It eliminates blossom end rot, just absolutely gets rid of it. It's a little trick that really works in my gardens really well. Got a lot in store for you this show, uh, but we gotta go to commercial break. Be right back after this. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Waters Garden Companion plants in May are Purple Robe Locusts, Vining Achevia, Prescott Sunshine Geraniums, and Easy Elegant Roses. Just plant these roses in a sunny spot and enjoy. We've married the beauty of long stem roses with the easy care of shrub roses for landscape color like no other plant in the backyard. Choose fragrant reds, radiant pinks, corals, vivacious yellows, and stately whites. Extremely fragrant and only found locally at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Look, if your mom, wife, or mother-to-be enjoys dead cut flowers and the peace that comes when dining with all those kids, then by all means, take her to your favorite buffet rather than some piece of plastic. But if she really loves her garden, a gift card from Waters makes perfect sense. In reality, you're giving her 90 minutes of peace and quiet while she shops for her own flowers. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, the place where people who love their gardening moms love to shop. You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener. Green thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to the Mountain Gardener. And we are back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio. She comes each week with your garden questions. Just what are your neighbors talking about? And the neighbors are out right now, aren't they? It was booming. We had yeah. like, we need more asphalt. Like the <laughs> parking space. I was just trying to get plants out of the parking lot, yeah. get things open. So we, I was parking customers last weekend. So, and this is Mother's Day weekend. So, you know, 
it's going to be just as busy. So it's Let's exciting. So. Yeah. It was fun. It makes the day go fast. It does make the days go fast. Yeah. I've recorded, uh, if you've been logging, how many steps you take. Oh, I don't week. even want to. <laughs> 25,000 was the max. Yeah. So that's a Good lot. Job. Your feet hurt at the end of the day. They definitely do. <laughs> so yeah. place looks fantastic, by the way. Your, your crew is just lovely. doing a fantastic job. My yeah. My good place is packed. So much color, so much pretty stuff. It's you know amazing. what? It, what made me tired was all the pottery. I think the pottery. <laughs> I smashed my thumb. Bru I get bruises places that should not be bruised, all because you're lifting these 300. Some of them you can bury a body in. They're oh, that yeah. big. They're, they're, big. they're resort size yeah. or big home mm -hmm. size, and there's it's leverage moving around and rolling. And if there's an art to moving lots of pots, but the place is packed mm -hmm. so that's exciting yes very much so what kind of garden questions we got garden should we questions. excite them with questions because those are always so exciting sometimes <laughs> sometimes they're most of the time they are Can yeah be? yep so sandra is in prescott valley she wants to grow contain or tomatoes in containers five gallon pots okay so her question is can you use calcium nitrate for the blossom in rot can you use that in pots or is that solely for in the ground oh planting? no you can use it for pots yeah it's great now now calcium nitrate so this now we're getting deep into uh, so i kind of kind of touched on it earlier but but let's go deep into this so you've got your regular food i would say there's we make a tomato and vegetable kind of regular organic food that you mm -hmm. sprinkle on top of the ground every in a container, maybe every six, eight weeks or so. Mm -hmm. And that'll keep things just growing and blooming and filling out the blossoms. There is a lot of calcium in that, but if you've had blossom in rot, which is very common for us, that's where the blossom touches the fruit of a squash and then it just yellows and drops off. Mm -hmm. Peppers will, will half the fruit <laughs> is, is black. A tomato, again, you have to slice half the fruit off. Mm -hmm. It's half black. It's rotting. Blossom end rot. And so that's a calcium deficiency. What to do? Calcium nitrate is the fastest, most liquid form of calcium you can have for a plant. You sprinkle a little touch at the base of the plant, and then I'll kick a little bit of dirt over it, and then I'll plant my plant right on top of that. Anytime you're doing containers, it's a really good idea. Mm -hmm. In the ground, really good idea. Um, in addition to that, so I, calcium also brings out the size of fruits and the flavor of fruits. Mm -hmm. So you almost, you can't get too much. You don't burn with calcium. Right. And so we make a liquid calcium too, which might, if you struggled with that, that might be a real good idea. Calcium nitrate, great. Mm -hmm. Then we make a product called Yield Booster. It's basically mm -hmm. liquid um, calcium. So I'll go through and spritz my foliage on my plants every couple of weeks, just spritz it with yield booster. And that just brings out the color of the plant, brings out the size of the fruit, gets you more fruits, brings out the flavor. You just can't get too much. It's not a fertilizer. Right. It's a mineral supplement. It's kind of like uh, keeps osteoporosis away from your grandmother. It does that for plants in a big way for blossom end rot. It can, it can okay. only help you, but it brings up that flavor. Absolutely good idea. So the shorter answer is yes. Oh, yeah, okay, sorry, yeah, yes. <laughs> no, it's there okay. There you go. <laughs> All right, well, our next question is from Pam in Prescott. She is renting a house while their house is being built. Welcome, Pam, to God's um, country. Yes, but she wants to know, because she doesn't want to plant a rose in the ground, Okay. she wants to know, can you put a tea rose or a larger rose into a container and successfully yeah. grow the container? Yeah. 
absolutely. And they'll thrive. They'll almost bloom better in a container. So absolutely, you can do that and then take it with you. In mm -hmm. fact, we've got several roses in containers. We've got yeah. peonies in containers. We have fruit trees and flowers and Japanese maples in containers. They've been there for years. Right. You can absolutely do that. Now, a rose is a big plant, especially a hybrid tea. This is a, those are those long stem roses. It's just going to push one long cane, this beautiful, big, fragrant flower on the end. This, this shrub is typically anywhere from three to five feet in size. Mm -hmm. And so it gets sub substantial. Don't go over the little pot. Right. Big, more soil is better. Now, I realize your house is going to be built in nine months or however long it is. So it's a short term. It's this season's fix. So it isn't quite as important. My guess is you'll fall in love with the look and you'll keep it in that container mm -hmm. and you'll just put it by your front door, your patio, your garage, your back deck. You're going to enjoy it that way. So probably go with at least, I would say 18, really 20 inch, 24 inch size width pot. Mm -hmm. It'll look proportionately good for that, that shrub. Um, and it will last for many years. It'll have enough soil mass to keep that rose going for years. Mm -hmm. If you wanted to, if you just don't, you're going to put it in the ground. I'm going to have a rose garden. I'm going to have 20 roses. That's what I'm going to do. It's just temporary. I just need my fix while my house is being built. If that's the case, you can go with shorter for that. Shoot. You could probably just leave it in the pot and grow it that way. Mm. You can't travel very much or no. bloom as well, but you, <laughs> you could. Watch your watering. You, you got to watch your watering. It's just probably every day, whereas yeah. in a container, it's every other day, every third day. It's, it's right. yes, get a big pot. Fill it with water's potting soil. That's our grower's mix. Plant directly in the water's potting soil. Fill the container up to about an inch from the top and water it in. Watch the blooms. It'll bloom nonstop for you right through, you know, with roses bloom until Thanksgiving here. Yeah. It's, it's crazy how long they bloom. That's true. What I would say is you, if you think you might leave it in that container, make sure you get one that can take our winter. Yeah, yeah that's don't, good. Don't put it in terracotta no, or yeah. something flimsy good that's going to not take the winters here very well. So we focus on clay. So there's different grades of clay. You don't see this. A pot's a pot, it's a pot. Not true. So Talavera, it's a Spanish, these brightly colored pots. They will break if they go through the winter, freeze and thaw. It'll just break them. Red terracotta, the traditional Italian red clay or German red clay, they will not winter for you. So you need a high, a thicker clay like Vietnamese, there's some Malaysian, Indian, Chinese types of heavy clay. They've got a good quality clay and they go through the kiln long enough to really harden. Mm -hmm. And so now they don't break for you. They won't flake their, their color on you. So pick the, pick your favorite color, but make sure it's a good quality. That's one. Do your homework. Stay away from Mexican clay at uh, that earth tone kind of charcoal stuff. I've seen that melt in the rain. It's so, <laughs> it's such bad quality. Watch your quality up here in the mountains because that freeze thaw can break them apart. Mm -hmm, definitely. All right. I have to put my glasses on. Now, last question is from Jason out in Chino. Okay. Neighbor told him, keep an eye out for thrip. Okay. So his question <laughs> is, how do you keep an eye out for thrip? What do they look like? And what kind of damage do they cause? I have no idea what they look like because their other name is no seams. <laughs> so they, they can bite your skin. They leave little, little red uh, welts. I was doing some ladder work in the greenhouses and they were biting my legs. You could feel them. I couldn't see them. The only way you can really tell, take your cell phone and just kind of pull out the screen without the power on, 
take the black screen and just tap a branch over top of your blackened cell phone. And if you see dust particles jumping around the screen, you've got thrip. You know, there's a problem. And what thrip do, they, they get inside the flower or on the bottom side of the foliage and they have a scarifying mouth part. They'll actually scrape the, the tissue of that plant off the plant. So the plant will actually wince. It'll actually curl. It'll, it'll start to deform. The leaves will be deformed. And so they can either curl up or just they have all kinds they of weird patterns. They don't weird. look normal. Mm -hmm. That's thrip damage. If your lilac bloomed out and like three days later, it's out of bloom. That's thrip. They were inside the flower, eating the flower from the inside out. It should have bloomed for a month or more. So that's thrip damage. What to do? Kill them. You put a bug <laughs> spray on there. You'll hear all kinds of crazy stuff on the internet. This is where the internet is not your friend. Google does not know how to take care of thrip. You want to spray the plant inside, outside, upside down, the whole foliage mass with cyanara. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a bug killer we have here at the garden center. It obliterates thrip, takes them out, and it repels them for like two weeks. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of spray it if you see that. Come see us for more. Bring a sample inside of a baggie. Yeah. We'll show you. We'll blow it up to 200 times its normal size under the microscope. We can help you with that. Yep. But thrip, not your friend. Ken and Lisa Lane, the Mountain Gardeners. Be right back after this. You're listening to Ken Lane, a.k.a. The Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. Waters Garden Companion Plants in May are Indian Hawthorn, Purple Robe Locust, Prescott Sunshine Geraniums, and Vining Akebia. Akebia is a super vigorous vine with dangling fragrant flowers. She proliferates up arbors, pergolas, fences, and stunning as a ground cover to retain hills. One of the fastest growing evergreen vines you can plant in the gardens. You only find the hardiest vines at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. You can grow your own vitamins. We can show you how to grow your own vegetables and herbs for a healthier you. Waters plants are entirely organic, with plant genetics never altered and non-GMO. Natural vitamins straight from the garden with naturally healthier herbs and vegetables. Healthier plants for a healthier you with plants from Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Shop Waters in-store or online at watersgardencenter.com. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane. So we have had so many customers in. Just we pretty much live here. The family, just the whole staff kind of, this is when we pay overtime. We just kind of work here and you, you do whatever it takes to get ready for the next day. And so many customers are coming in asking for evergreens, privacy, fast growing. I need to screen it now. So let me just take a moment, just describe the fastest growing. In fact, it was such a such a thing that I wrote a garden column this weekend called uh, the fastest, the evergreen that grows the fastest. And there's several that are pretty good, but, but there's one that stands out above the rest. Now you need some room for this because it grows so fast. I mean, in its native habitat, it grows 250 feet tall. This is the Himalayans. It's also called Cedar of Lebanon, 
but locally we call it Deodore Cedars. Cedars, it's a true cedar, I mean, tr absolutely true cedar. There's some magnificent specimens, but they'll grow locally pretty easily to 50, 60 feet tall. I mean, pretty fast. Within 10 years, it's going to be substantial. I mean, taller than your house. And it's going to be 25 feet wide. So you don't want to put a Deodore cedar in the back of a small, let's say you've got a, a fifth acre lot uh, with, a, with a small, with houses that are right on top of each other. That's not for you. Townhomes, it's not for you. A condo, it's not for you. This is out for out for bigger properties, out out away, because this thing's going to come in and crouch. It'll take over your, it'll move in the house if you let it. And so it gets big. It needs some space. It, another another flaw that Deodora cedar has, it's fast growing. You're going to get oh, pretty easily two feet a year, 24 inches, maybe a little more when it's happy. So it grows fast and it grows not just at the top, it grows all over. I mean, the 360, oh, the outer branches, the lower branches, the upper branches, the top top leader, it grows everywhere. It grows fast. Deodor cedars grow really fast. You'll know it in your neighborhood because it's got big swooping branches, these soft, not a weeping branch, but it has this softer, just, just almost weeping, but kind of soft swooping branches. You'll know it. Um, it generally has a blue color. Although there are different varieties. I've got a gold variety. I've got a dwarf called Feelin' Blue variety. But Deodora cedar cedrus, uh, Deodora, that's the one that's the most popular. That's the fastest growing of all of the cedars, of all of the evergreen trees, really, here in the mountains of Arizona. I mentioned there was one flaw. I guess there's a couple. It can go for a lot of plants, but it doesn't like the ridge lines where it gets get those a lot of wind. It tends to lean. It grows so fast, it can be a little soft. I would say up on the upper, higher ridge lines where you maybe are exposed to more wind. I would think a Colorado spruce is probably a better choice. It's more substantial. Colorado spruce, it's still tall, 50 feet tall maybe only 18, 20 feet wide, a little bit shorter, but it's substantial. It grows a little slower, maybe 18 inches instead of 24. It still grows pretty good, uh, but, it, but it just takes that wind better. So if you're up on the ridge lines with these beautiful vistas, probably Colorado spruce is better for you. In the valley areas or where you've got some protection or a house, maybe it's built up where more mature landscapes, fantastic plant for there. Deodore cedar works really well. And so that's that's kind of, if you need fast blocking, that's what you go with. Sometimes it can be too big for if you're trying to just cut the wind, get privacy, but you also want to keep your vistas. Deodore cedar is not for you. Probably there an Arizona cypress is better. It only gets to 20 feet tall, maybe 12 feet wide. So it's, it's, it's a true native too. It's truly, truly... It's got a silver blue color to it, thick. It almost looks like a juniper from a distance, but it doesn't have the pollen and it doesn't have the, the berries to it like a juniper does. It, it actually puts on little tiny uh, pine cones. Really, that's how I tell the difference. And the color, it's got a deeper, richer blue, kind of silver blue. Deodor cedar is actually a, a, a true blue, like an Arizona blue, like a... Like a like an oak, like our scrub oak kind of blue. It's that color. And so that's where if you've got a whole lot of scrub oak or a whole lot of, of, of manzanita in your yard, but you want, a, you want a substantial 
tree that grows fast, that might be where the gold Deodor cedar is better. It gives you a better contrast, gets you more style, more design. That's one when you really get in trouble, come in and take a snapshot. We can help you design that. We've got folks that that's all we do all day long is help you pick the right plants, get contrast and design. The other one I would say too, when you're thinking of design, let's say you want to block out a neighbor. Sometimes it's good to put several varieties in there. You can have a whole row of Arizona cypress going across and it looks like a, it does look like a living fence. But maybe you don't want a fence. Maybe you want a garden. So there you can put a Deodore cedar, Arizona cypress, and a Colorado spruce all in the same, just kind of zigzag them through. And now it looks like nature just erupted in your backyard. And hey, enjoy a glass of, of wine or watch a sunset while sipping some tea. It's just enjoy a cup of coffee with friends because this is my garden. That's sort of what we, we have more of a informal garden settings here. Whereas if you put the same thing all the way down the row, it's more formal looking, more East Coast looking. Just some tips that kind of insider things and how we design here at the Garden Center. But Deodor Cedar, definitely the fastest growing of all the evergreen trees you'll find at the Garden Center. The Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. Gee, my flowers just bloom too much. Said no one ever. Hi, this is Kenneth Waters. We had a crazy winter and everyone's ready for flowers in the garden. Waters Flower Power is made specifically for Arizona that gives flowers that extra boost to burst into bloom. It's an energy kick in the plants. Get ready for roses that rule, peppers that pop, and tomatoes that triumph. More power to the flowers with Flower Power at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Waters Garden companion plants in May are Vining Akebia, Purple Robe Locust, Prescott Sunshine Geraniums, and Indian Hawthorn. Wind is no problem for this Indian Hawthorn. Rose-colored flowers cover this spring bloomer that often repeat blooms in fall. Dark blue berries adorn this compact bush that takes the wind and soaks up the sun like a native. Perfect for low-maintenance gardens with virtually no pruning ever. Every backyard should have at least one, and only found here at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert, Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding, with a few Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. And we are back with Lisa Waters Lane. She comes each week. This is her segment, just gardening from another perspective. Uh, what's that, uh, brother from another mother or something like that? Or <laughs> I was watching a war movie last night. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What was I watching? Oh, The uh, um, the Professionals, a 1968 classic Western. It was awesome. Hmm. Anyway, you'd okay. never, I'd never seen it before, so it wasn't that I'd good. I've never but heard was, of it before. It was old, old school. Okay. Anyway, uh, gardening... And that has to do with gardening. <laughs> Not one bit. Just a, that's my ADD kicking in. I didn't med today. Just I should have oh, well. taken that extra. No, less just kidding. coffee. Yeah, less coffee. Maybe that's it. <laughs> so what do you got for us? Well, this week we unloaded a spectacular truck full of beautiful perennials. Yeah. So perennials are those plants that come back every year. Yep. Uh, we got sun perennials. We got shade perennials. Some that can take a mix. Uh, but these are just beautiful over the top. They're not 
an itty bitty little plug putting yeah. into a pot. I mean, they're actually full grown in the pot. Yeah. Spectacular. He's like three year old perennial. These are like mm -hmm. substantial. I mean, they're like instant. I mean, right. they're huge. Yeah. So a box store would never touch these because they're just, they're, they're, they just don't turn as fast. Well, but, show uh, them an example. So this yeah, is this an is example good. of the hookara. And the hookara, we got, I think, 10 different varieties of hookara. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Now, why? I don't know. But we have 10 <laughs> different varieties. This one's one of my favorite. This one is the uh, Rio Coral Bells. I just love the color on it. And when you think about it, you could put blues with that. You could put... Uh, they make another hookara that's kind of a lime green. Yeah. That would be gorgeous. I with like that. the black ones. Um, black yellow. ones and white flowers. Oh, yeah. Oh, they're so pretty. There's just so 10 different varieties of the hookah. And the hookahs, I've always said, like a little more shade. But then one year you threw one in a pot on the back patio that was full sun. Full sun. Crazy sun. On a patio. And it did beautifully. It was prettier than so, ever. <laughs> so I think they're pretty versatile. They're a lot more than just that shade that we always think they need. Yeah. I think I have a couple out front too that you get do. full sun. Full sun. So I think you could definitely put them into a more sunny spot, especially if you're mixing them with other perennials. I think they'd be really happy. They call these, your grandparents called them coral bells because you'll see for you folks that are watching the video, it's got a flower that comes back and kind of curls over, or that's the coral bell. You're really planting this for the foliage mm -hmm. of black and copper and green right. and blue and chartreuse. It's just, there's and, not many plants that give you no. the leaves with that such yeah. beautiful color. Um, I can say that the one that we had in the pot last year, it put on hundreds of flowers. And if I went through and every couple of weeks and deadheaded or pinched off the, the spent ones, it just went right back into flowers. Crazy. Yeah. But the foliage mm -hmm. is what you're really after. Right. And it's spectacular. And it's huge. I mean, that's instantaneous. You're filling a pot. Yeah. This is or one a perennial bed pot. pretty quick. Yeah. yeah. And it's a, this is this is perennials on steroids. Yes. Here at Waters Gardens, two different <laughs> varieties of just hookera. There was yes. a whole semi-loaded, nothing oh, but yeah. perennials that came in. Yeah. So that's the hookera. We also got hosta in. Uh, we got four different varieties of hosta, which hosta truly is a shade plant. Great for under plantings, under trees, um, those shadier, darker areas of your yard. And they just, they're again, they come up with some really nice color. They're usually greens and whites and yellows, but the combinations are interesting. Um, you're holding the lavender. So this one is the platinum blonde lavender. Yep. Sorry. You didn't mean to flash <laughs> Showing it off. It's uh, so, in the studio. Yes. We did get four different varieties of lavender. I love this one because of the yellow in it. Yeah. Um, you know, some people just have a real aversion to yellow, but out in the yard, yeah. It just shows up so nicely. I think we have this on the side of our house. Yeah. yeah. In our herb garden on right. the side of the house. But just a good standard. Uh, I think we also got the Grosso, the Phenomena. We got three or four different varieties. Ten different varieties of lavender. No, we only got three with the lavender. Well, there's another ten varieties out there. There's, <laughs> like, there's English, French, uh, Spanish, right. two different varieties. There's, there's Ghost, which is a new variety of just of white. Yeah. Lavender or silver lavender silver, yeah. is very unusual. Very pretty. What, what color, what, what size flower does this like a Spanish? This, uh, no, it's the not a Spanish. One? It's the long skinny. Like a, like like a French or, yeah. or, or mm -hmm. a, a English lavender, which means right. it's really tough. I can tell you yeah. we've grown this one super tough. You cannot kill it. And I think the place to use yellow, especially these plants that love the heat, mm -hmm. 
We've got so much chocolate earth tone rock around mm -hmm. it, these dark colored rocks, which right. reflect so much heat. And you can get too much earth tone. And that's where those bright, if you put blue with more earth tone, it just fades in. But these brighter whites, golds, mm -hmm. silvers, they pop against that, that right. rock lawn. And that's the way you, 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 you design with some mm -hmm. of these plants. Right. Right. So that one's platinum blonde. Very, very pretty. Ooh, another idea. Oh, okay. Cobalt blue container. Oh, it'd be beautiful. With this gold yeah. foliage and the blue flower would be striking. Yeah. It would be striking. Yeah. Anyway. Be a good Mother's Day in? gift. That one's platinum blonde lavender. <laughs> oh, Mother's Day. That's good. Mother's yeah. Day gift. Yeah. Mother's Day's a coming. Uh, what else do we get? We got some upright flocks, which is the tall growing upright flocks. Usually has the bright pinks and blues and lavender flowers on it. Great for those perennial beds. Go towards the middle to the back because they do get fairly tall. Yeah, they get knee high mm -hmm. pretty easy, pretty quickly, like right now. They do. Yeah, we got five. Five varieties. Five colors. You already had three <laughs> in the garden, so now you got eight varieties. So, it's so perennial real season. pretty color. It is getting yeah. to be perennial season. So you're holding a lupin. Yep. Uh, which is a nice little wildflower. Does very so well tall, here. It's hard to show off on the yeah, camera. Yeah, that one's just starting to open. You yeah. kind of see the colors on it. And I yeah, think that's majestic something or other. It's majestic. It's Manhattan, Manhattan Lights. Manhattan West Lights. County Manhattan Lights. Yeah. So the camera can kind of just starting yeah, to open up. But it's that's this tall. Be... It's probably two feet tall. It'll be three feet by the time we're all mm -hmm. done. Beautiful, like almost looks like a house plant with a spectacular spire mm -hmm. of a flower on top of it. This right. blue, it's going to be bright, bright, like like pink blue or is pink blue it's a, kind of a disguise? Pink blue. <laughs> blue. That's not, I'm such a man. I can't describe Isn't that colors. called purple or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but we got four different colors of lupin. Wow. In. So lots to choose from, put one of each or mix and match. So definitely check those out. This now, is a shade plant, right? This is a I shade lover. I think it's going to do better in the yeah, shade. Yeah, and I would say it's so tall. Probably <coughs> not where wind, a wind right. tunnel is going to hit. You'll have to stake it if you're going right. to do that. I want to mm -hmm. kind of like a, a foxglove. I see that yeah. kind of put these together. Mm -hmm. This would definitely. look really good with that uh, that coral bell or a hooker yet head together. Yeah. A little that that uh, kind of copper color with this mm -hmm. purple flower. Oh my gosh, it'd be beautiful. <laughs> it would be in a pretty big pot. <laughs> in a pretty big or, or raised yeah. bed or container That's by true. the front door mm -hmm. that overhang. Oh, yeah. Be beautiful. That would work. So Lupin, definitely a little more shade, I would say. Uh, we also got in some beautiful sedum and succulent varieties. Um, I didn't bring any over because my hands were full. Uh, but these fill the pot. I mean, you're talking a pot that size, and the plant is completely filled. Now you got to remember this is going over the airwaves too. So it's just you're talking <laughs> the video. It's it's well, a two gallon imagine. size pot. It's right. it's three times the size of the normal things you're going to find at some box store. Here it is on stair. It's like instantaneous. One plant fills up mm -hmm. the garden. Right. And these are the plants. They cost a little bit more perennials, mm -hmm. but they last for years they are the longest living i mean peonies can live for 20 30 50 years mm -hmm. so they're very long lived mm -hmm. so you're, you're a little bit more investment up front and they last so much longer they're the yes. anchors of the of the garden right i agree 
I agree. We use a lot of perennials in containers. And a lot of times we'll just mix them in with some annuals in there yeah. at the same time. So you can definitely do that. But the sedums, I think we got, I lost count actually of all the different sedums. <laughs> but the colors, they, they're again, the colors are so unique yeah. and so beautiful and can be used in such wonderful combinations. You know, you're not just throwing one pot out there. You're you're mixing and matching and making them really pretty. I love, are we almost out of time? I'm just thinking rock gardens. Yeah. We should mention rock gardens, uh -huh. heat, and sedums. For you folks from California, mm -hmm. those varieties won't grow here. But the ones we brought in, these are the hardy ones that will winter over yeah. for you. Definitely. Now we're out of time. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Lisa. Love your passion for perennials here in the studio. Ken and Lisa Lane and the Mountain Gardeners. Be right back after this. Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website. Podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Water's companion plants in May are Vining Akebia, Indian Hawthorn, Prescott Sunshine Geraniums, and Purple Robe Locusts. Incredible long clusters of purple flowers in May that look just like wisteria flowers hanging from this local bloomer. The 8-inch fragrant flowers cover the tree profusely. Super hardy and drought tolerant with a brisk growth rate of 2 feet in 1 year. It's just the perfect backyard shade tree. You'll find the shadiest trees here at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. 300,000? Imagine a landscape needing 300,000 trees. Wow! But that's exactly how many trees Frederick Olmsted planted in New York's Central Park. That guy liked trees. Me too. A 2014 study found the more trees in a neighborhood, the lower the incidence of heart disease. Darwin, Einstein, and Beethoven hung out with trees to help them think. Trees are part of nature that helps us relax, daydream, and feel happier. Plant your own Central Park from Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane. The Mountain Gardener, your host, Ken Lane. And one of the beautiful things about having a, a radio studio in your office here at the Garden Center is when smart people happen to come in, uh, you, you can go, oh, Aaron, that was so interesting. You have to come and share that with the listeners. So I've got Eric Aaron Lamb, sorry about that. Aaron Lamb uh, with Trees of Corrales. He's the sales guy for basically the Southwest. But he brings us, Trees of Corrales is a little nursery out of Albuquerque area that does high altitude perennials, trees, shrubs, natives. They grow better natives than, than anyone else. It's just amazing the quality. But Aaron was over training some of our staff, kind of supporting us. And I thought, Aaron, you have to share some of that information with us. Welcome to the studio, Aaron. Oh, hi, Ken. Thank yeah. you for the kind words, too. Really appreciate it. That's great. So tell us about yourself. How long have you been in the industry? And then tell us about Trees of Corrales and how'd you get here? I've probably been in the industry for about, oh, I don't know if it's been 16 plus years oh. now, but my background was with um, herpetology, reptiles and amphibians. So did a lot of field work uh, all throughout New Mexico and <clears throat> the Southwest and down into Mexico and Wow. That sort of thing. So really kind of, I guess, built up my knowledge in native plants and seeing them in their natural environment as I was documenting what was there while we were catching snakes and doing other things. Gotcha. Um, and so that kind of 
you know, opened that up. My mom was a big gardener and um, always had plants. And so when I graduated from the University of New Mexico, I just needed a steady full-time thing. And I started working in the nurseries. Gotcha. Um, Started working with a grower and growing the seed and seeing the seedlings and then learning what the mature plant looked like and the blooms and all that. And just kind of worked my way up over time. And So the listeners, they really want to know. What's the biggest snake you've ever caught? What's the freakiest snake? Is it kind of a weird, some weird story? Like I fell into a pit and I was surrounded by a hundred rattlesnakes. Nothing that bad. No, <laughs> probably like a five foot diamondback or something like that. Yeah, so nothing, wow. nothing too big, but you know, you, you have enough uh, encounters where, you know, somebody by accident steps on a rattlesnake or, yeah. um, but, but nothing major has ever happened in, in terms of, uh, you know, dangerous scenarios. I had or situations. a six foot bull snake or gopher snake that came in the back door of the garden center. You can't have snakes in your garden center. It's impossible. So the, the team's going, oh, some of them are freaking out. Some people freak out at snakes. And boss, there's a huge snake in the back dock area. I go, okay, let's go look at him. They didn't tell me it was like as tall as, as long as I am. So I picked him up by the tail, just walked him out to the rock pile across the street, and he was all fine. But it was pretty spooky speaking up, picking up a six-foot snake. Oh, and those gopher snakes can play a, a good mimic, a good rattlesnake they mimic can. sometimes, too, and, yeah. Really, yeah. and really instill the fear into you almost. He did. But. So anyway, tell me about the plant piece. What are you seeing on the plants? Because uh, this is a garden show, and gardeners are tuned in. What can we part with them? What, what kind of plants are your favorite? What are you growing? What's What do you see? Well, I uh, I did talk with Michelle, yeah. and she wanted me to talk about a few specific okay. species that we grow. Um, but I do think that they're really good choices for this area. And so um, one of them is a variety of sedum called Turquoise Tails. Oh, perfect. Yeah. And it's a plant select. So it has uh, the backing behind it, the marketing behind it. It's the, got the cold tolerance. Um, it's a really nice blue-colored sedum that's evergreen. A lot of people are familiar with the blue spruce, which is another evergreen yeah. variety. But this one's a little bit thicker and a little yeah. bit fatter, has a slightly different character to it. Um, but does really well. It's really, really drought tolerant. So sedums, we get a lot of folks from Palm Springs, California, Phoenix, Tucson. There's a lot of sedums and most of them are not cold hardy, correct? So these are actually ones that are for the higher altitude. Yeah, we grow a handful of sedums that are all, you know, very cold hardy. Um, I think the lowest zone that we have is a zone five on those. So no one's going to um, go down to minus twenty here. Not not up in the mountains of Arizona. Yeah, very That's rarely. Crazy cold. So, so any of that stuff is going to do really well for yeah. you. And um, that name of that sedum was this is turquoise tails. Turquoise tail. I saw that. It's got a chubby. It does have a fatter, chubbier, delicious look to it. I mean, and the nice thing with with some of those sedums is the evergreen aspect. They add so much character throughout those yeah. colder winter months. Great for rock um, gardens. Great for rock gardens. Great for containers. Yeah. Um, they, yeah. They're really versatile. They go well as a mixed arrangement. And if you are coming from someplace that's warmer and you're used to a lot of different succulents, well, there's still a lot of there cold are. hardy ones to yeah. choose from. Um, one of the other ones that Michelle wanted to talk about was a variety of Della Sperma, the ice plants, a variety called fire spinner that has a really nice um, orange flower. It's kind of more of a, a pinkish center in the orange on the outside of those petals. Uh, but that's a nice one that does really good. It's cold hardy, um, tends to be evergreen as well. Some of the Delispermas are evergreen. Some of them are not. Yeah. Um, but, but this one is, and we do a handful of those as well. And they do go really good together in combination pots yeah. with those sedums. Yeah. Um, I think the Delisperma, they actually bloom better like a cactus, whereas the sedums are more just for the foliage piece. 
they're both really pretty foliage. But that Delosperm or ice plant, whoa, it's got that bright, bright flower that just glows yeah. like at night. Almost daisy-like flower. Yeah. Just that profusion of, of that show that they put on. and Blistering hot sun. I mean, then take a blow dryer to them, and they'll like it even more. So there's radiant heat um, off, of, off of a real dark-colored rock you've got or wall. They do great. Yeah. They, they do, definitely, yeah. And some of them take on a really nice, uh, they have seasons of interest, they take nice yeah. winter color to them, like the, the yellow ice plant, um, Delosperma nubigenum, is a great light green color, has a nice yellow flower, but then becomes this really nice kind of red winter color. And, yeah. And it just adds the season. So what's your favorite of kind of plant to grow? What, what if, if, you were, if you could walk out of the nursery on the whole cell yard, acres and acres and acres of plants, as far as the eye can see, What's the one that you'd be drawn to? Well, I'm a big, big uh, agave and cactus guy, which yeah, we, we yeah. do not grow either of those. And it's, it's a, a big part, too, because of the cold hardiness. Um, Corrales is kind of a low sink along yeah. the Rio Grande River. And so we're limited, even though Albuquerque in general tends to be a zone seven and it's really comparable to Prescott here. At the same time, our growing facility in Corrales, we can experience colder weather. So yeah. because of that, our plant palette is kind of is partially based off of that. Gotcha. Um, so I didn't, I should have said your gardens, your nursery, not but anyone's, I, but that's uh, fine. Honestly, I'm a big <laughs> plant person and um, there's some of these different ornamental trees that are gorgeous that are out here. Um, I'm a big native plant person as well. With that said, I'm just a big plant person. So, I mean, we could go out there and talk about pretty much oh, yeah. everything that's out there and I, I'll, I'll be excited about you it. You grow the most beautiful russian sage i've ever seen your butterfly bush I'm, i don't know how your growers do it it's it's far and above anyone else that's out there so it's exciting to see your plants it's like christmas every time that truck shows up we open the doors and go oh, aaron did it again he picked the best of the best that's great and so people are literally flocking at your plants as they're on the back dock they're flocking over them just going i want one i want one so well done on that. Oh, thank you. Yeah. That's, that's so great. any kind of advice you can give us that you've seen in Albuquerque as opposed to Prescott that we can can implement here? So you know, drainage or alkalinity or I don't know. I think I think one of the big things is we do have similar conditions. I mean, yeah, you guys yeah. do have a little bit different terrain and habitat and plant diversity here in Prescott area. But with that said, I mean, high elevation, intense high elevation sun, we do experience those, those cold, you know, freezing temperatures in the winter yeah, time yeah. Um, but you know all, all of our material has been grown in those conditions and yeah. so then when it gets here and it goes outside it's already acclimated and hardened off and ready for the customer to put it in the ground and i think there's a lot to be said um, when when looking and buying plant material having you know regionally appropriate and acclimated plant material there's definitely a big positive to now, that new new mexico and arizona the mountain uh, regions very similar and so your plants they do come in right off the truck acclimated just like that or accustomed to the altitude the, the swing between high temperature low temperature the intense sun at this elevation and you've got alkaline alkalinity as well so we don't have to baby this thing along a customer could just take it right off the truck and go plant it and it's going to thrive in their backyard and that's what i love about trees of corrales thank you Welcome. This is great. So we've got uh, Aaron Lamb, Trees of Corrales, sales rep, talking about the plants of the Southwest here at Waters Gardens. We'll be right back. Don't change that dial after this. You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. 
He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott, 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. There's nothing like tomatoes picked fresh from your garden. Waters Mountain Tomato Collection are varieties proven to produce and thrive. Heirlooms, beefsteaks, cherries, naturally grown for local success. Completely organic, never genetically altered, and utterly delicious. They're ready for your garden now. You can grow your own this spring, and we can help. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Shop Waters in-store or online at watersgardencenter.com. Look, if your mom, wife, or mother-to-be enjoys dead cut flowers and the peace that comes when dining with all those kids, then by all means, take her to your favorite buffet rather than some piece of plastic. But if she really loves her garden, a gift card from Waters makes perfect sense. In reality, you're giving her 90 minutes of peace and quiet while she shops for her own flowers. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, the place where people who love their gardening moms love to shop. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert, Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. I have a big shout out for Victorian Estates. You all had, uh, had me out as a speaker on Thursday. And it was just, or was it Friday? I forget. All the days are starting. To, that's called retail. Every day's a Monday, or every day's a Friday, depending on how you look at it. So, but they had to head me out to their their uh, 55 plus, I think, community, uh, just out in Prescott Valley, and they just wanted to know how to grow better container gardens. And so we had 30 or 40 folks there. Great turnout! I was so impressed. You all trying? I'm starting to be invited out to guest speak at places, which hasn't happened for almost three years since 2019. And uh, they're, they're trying to figure out how to how to socialize again, and so I was their tool basically. Let's let's see if gardening. If they'll talk to Ken and talk about gardening, and you all were just on fire, and the cookies were really good, but really great. Thank you for having me out there. You just you, you lifted me up and encouraged me. I feel better, so thank you for that. So, uh, but container gardens, it worked well. One thing that we went into was was perennials. They have a lot of javelina. And deer out there, they're right on that wash on the, what is that, the north side of Prescott Valley. And so I've brought perennial flowers, they come back every year, that animals don't bother. So we focused on a lot of the herbal kind of plants, so lavenders and rosemaries, uh, some of the perennial sh shorter shrubs like uh, um, salvia gregii or autumn sage, all the sages. Uh, anytime you hear salvia or sage in a, in a plant name, you know you've got a winner. Now there's annual salvias. This is a blue flower. It's pretty tall, like Santa Barbara salvia or sage. Uh, it blooms like crazy, but it's going to die in the winter. Then there's other sages like meadow sage, and uh, there's, there's probably got six varieties, probably got 12 of perennial sage. They, they keep coming back every year. They might rest underground, but they come back and so those are really good. In my container gardens, what I do is I'll tend to anchor my container with a perennial, something showy, something taller, something vivid. And then I'll accessorize with some annual color. Annual flowers, they, they've, they are glorious for the year, but then they flame out in the winter. So they're good for the growing season, and then they die. They can reseed sometimes, but they're not going to come back from that root. But the, nothing blooms 
like that. Now, most perennials, most bloom for two months, maybe. And then they're just a nice green, just a nice plant. And so they don't have that color like a geranium or petunias or calabrocoa or zinnias. Or there's, there's hundreds, so many varieties that just are showy beyond belief. It's just like, that's not possible. That can't be, that can't happen. With an annual, it can. They bloom. They'll have so many flowers, you can't see the foliage. And it stays like that from May through October. It's amazing. So I'll accessorize the outer edges, but I'll anchor. So I don't have to replace all of the plants throughout the year. Perennials are a little bit more expensive for you just because they take typically two, three. I've got perennials that are five, six years old. When you're at the farm for six, seven years old, they're going to be more expensive. Whereas most annuals, they're just there for six, seven, eight weeks, and then you're selling them. That's why the box stores tend to focus on the annuals, the cheap ones, because the price point's right. They just turn, churn and burn. Perennials are, take more expertise, uh, but boy, once you put that investment in there, you're good for years. I mean, some of your longest living plants in the landscape are perennials. So you, it's kind of once and done kind of thing. So it's it's worth it. I like putting my perennials in the middle because I'm just set for three, four, five until I get bored with that plant. Then I'll accessorize in the front with my annual flowers. And I've got lots of annual. I'm a flower grower. That's my main thing. Even my vegetables are really an excess or an element of design in my container gardens. I've got some raised beds and they're pretty and they're full of iris right now. They're glorious. But I really like my zinnias, geraniums, petunias, calabrocoas, even the euphorbias, like uh, a rainbow ascot euphorbia, uh, gopher plant, which is a form of euphorbia. There's lots of great perennials. I like to blend those all together for a great design. Throughout the week, Lisa and I camp out here at Waters Garden Center, and we do love talking to fans of the show. Hi, Ken here with the finds of the week and our Deodor Cedars. A standalone tree so beautifully shaped it's referred to as the Christmas tree. Fastest growing of the evergreen trees used for quick screens, windbreaks, and privacy. Graceful arches sweep through the landscape in colors of blue to green from the stately tree. An evergreen lover's dream. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. For people who love majestic evergreens, they love to shop. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in.